So I'm not saying that it's all bad. These things might be great. And 5G may have some fantastic benefits from it. But I, I, I just think that the purpose of this podcast is to open up the, the notion that we should start thinking about some of the health concerns and having a balanced approach to the adoption of these technologies. You're listening to Pardon the Disruption with your host, Tom Young. Hi, uh, welcome to the show. This is Tom Young. Let's go around the room. Hi, this is Bart Gallo. This is TJ Young. And this is Rohan Kapoor. Great. Hey, thanks, guys. Hey, today we're going to talk about a topic of uh, 5G. And people have probably heard about 5G. It's the next generation of wireless technology that's being talked about a lot in the press this past year. And uh, anyway, we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about it. We one, one of the podcasts that we listen to as a group is the No Agenda Show with John Dvorak and Adam Curry. And it was interesting. Uh, John had talked about how he had worked for PC Magazine for over 30 years. And he wrote an article last summer around talking about the problem with 5G. And he basically got fired for it. And it was interesting. Like, why would he get fired? All he did was point out the fact that there was some bad press last summer around some of the concerns of people have. Now, people have concerns of rolling technology all the time. They say it was the end of the world. A lot of the Luddite arguments. But there were some legitimate concerns about 5G deployments. And it was getting picked up in the press. And all John did was write about it. But it got him fired from PC Magazine. Pretty interesting. There's a lot of vested interest, apparently, in deploying 5G. So we're going to you know, break this down for people so they can think about it for themselves and look into it for themselves. So Anyway, so let's talk a little bit about 5G. Let's break it down a little bit. It stands for fifth generation. Yep. It's not some big scientific term. It's a marketing term. Right. And it's being pushed out there right now as only a marketing term because there's some improvements being made to existing 4G technologies that are being pushed as 5G. And whether or not it's related to the right. technology or just desensitizing yeah. people so to like it. So like 4G stands for fourth generation. <laughs> yeah. So, so the promise is faster speeds, lower latencies. Um, they're saying that there's now in, in today's society with the amount of connected devices we have, uh, have and also going forward with the devices that are going to come on, we need something better than what we have now. Right. It's going to be the end-all, be-all for IoT, autonomous cars, mm-hmm. um, your toaster talking to your fridge, and a lot of these marketing buzz it, scenarios. It, it feels like it, it's... Uh, a hammer looking for a nail, though. I don't yep. feel like a problem statement has been set up. Uh, so let me let me give it in contrast. When the Apple iPhone came out, it only worked on AT and T's three G network, and uh, data throughput was an issue. Like you, the early days of the smartphones, mm-hmm. it was really hard to run certain applications because of the bandwidth and the latency. Mm-hmm. So there was a obvious problem statement today i don't feel that there is a a compelling problem statement to argue for the deployment of 5g what do you guys think yeah i mean i think the the problem statement put out by the telcos is that we cannot we're not going to be able to deploy some of the uh some of the new technologies like uh vr IoT, we're not going to be able to deploy that on the existing network because the bandwidth that is currently there with 4G is is not going to be sustainable. 
for, we're not going to be it's not going to allow the new technologies to to come to fruition right and that's an, that's pretty much the simple problem statement mm-hmm. i think there's that a, they are trying to come out with there's an international competition element of it too because the idea is that we're racing with country companies and countries like china to be the best at deploying technologies like that and leveraging them to move into you know the next generation of a digital society fomo <laughs> <laughs> but I, I you know we're we're here based in central new jersey which has you know it's a, the old telecommunications hub back for you know verizon's headquarters is here Bell Basking Labs. ridge bell labs was here at&t's headquarters was here back in the day so we have pretty good coverage here, pretty good network speeds. We have a, a one gig speed here, and it's more of a, a little bit of a novelty because, again, it goes back to the problem statement. Mm-hmm. What do you need a gig speed for? I mean, if you're streaming 4K video, I think you need 25 megabits. Yeah. So I got four or five TVs going with 4K streaming. I'm still in the hundreds, not the 200s, not even the 500s. So what do we need all this speed for? Now, in highly dense densely populated areas like a sporting event or a concert you may want the that capability so there is some some situations where you want that but it doesn't seem like it's a universal problem mm-hmm. i don't think bandwidth is not so much of our problem right now so that's my personal opinion uh i think in rural areas where they have coverage areas that just becomes the business case for putting any kind of technology out there whether it's 4g 3g 5g doesn't matter they can't justify because of the low traffic that's a different issue than whether we should go to 5g mm-hmm. so let's talk about bart you have some clips lined up let's show there's a clip this came out from cbs this morning you know quintessential mainstream news yep came out in june of 2018 and this is uh, what dvorak wrote about so Dvorak wrote his article in August and got himself fired. But he was just commenting on the fact that, hey, there's a lot of negative reporting happening. Yeah. And this is an example of uh, CBS This Morning just teeing up the issue and bringing up both sides of it and showing some of the negative aspects. So let's tee up this f- clip about 5G on CBS This Morning from June of 2018. Let's take a look. Get ready for more ads like those. The wireless industry is in a race to roll out 5G service. Now, 5G is supposed to be up to 100 times faster than current data speeds. Could have used it on Amtrak yesterday. But it requires cell phone tower equipment to be closer to users than ever before. And that is causing outrage and alarm in some neighborhood as antennas go up around the homes. Tony DeCoppola is here with both sides of the conversation. Tony, lots of chatter about this. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. There's outrage, but there's also excitement. I mean, 100 times faster. But get this, wireless companies in the U.S. say they'll have to install about 300,000 new antennas for the rollout of 5G. That is roughly equal to the total number of cell phone towers built over the past three decades. The faster network could create new potential for work and play, but it's also leading to new concerns. So that clip lays out what the basic issue is. This is a new technology, fifth generation, going to change the uh, the frequency spectrum, the, and therein lies the problem where I think we're going to get into some of the health issues. But the, they're going to go faster. They're going to come up with all the reasons why that's important for IoT. could be gaming, the Google car. All those things are going to are going to be coming out of the woodwork saying, yeah, we need this extra bandwidth. And I'm sure there's applications where you do need the extra bandwidth. Uh, but very interesting. You can see they're basically going to deploy 
billions and billions of dollars of capital. So all of a sudden now we can see there's a huge economic interest in this. Mm -hmm. But the, it's kind of crazy because the economics don't even make sense for these companies. <laughs> there's an economic interest because obviously the, the capital expenditure is needed because the um, frequency at which 5G is going to purportedly operate on is a much higher frequency and the distance that therefore that frequency can travel is much less. So you need to you need to invest the capital in the infrastructure to be able to even support, you know, um, lengthening that to the point where it's actually going to be able to be used. The economics of that capital outlay don't even make sense for these companies, I, from what I can see. So it's, think, at least not in the short term. I think they want to be the leader to deploy that capital so yep. that eventually there's a return on the investment. Right. But they want to be the first there, even if it doesn't pay off in one, two, five years. Yeah. The, some of the industry groups that, I, that I've gone to and talked to about this, they're even this is the, the, the proverbial problem of telecommunications around the last mile, which is it, they can get the network to, the, to the, basically the main nodes working great. But then so how do you get to that last mile? The last mile could be in the car, which requires being untethered, mm -hmm. which argues for wireless, but even the last mile to the home. So firms like Verizon with Fios are putting fiber to the home and basically extending out the network, which is why they're able to get one gig speeds. But back in the day, you know, they had DSL, which was digital subscriber loop, which was using the twisted pair and putting a digital signal on it. And you would get you know, uh, 1.5 megabits, which doesn't sound like a lot, but back in the day, that was much faster than dial-up speeds, which was using modems. So when you look at the history of trying to drive, solve that last mile problem, we have this continual desire by the telecom companies to solve that last mile. And what 5G promises is to give a wireless last mile that's superior to wireline. Whether that's true or not is, a, is an engineering argument. Mm -hmm. But I don't. I think they're looking at it strictly from throughput and bandwidth, and ignoring the health consequences. Which is what I think. One of the things we want to tee up that question is: at what point does? Is it a legitimate concern to say, "Hey, I don't want to bathe in this amount of radiation"? Right. Well, yeah. first of all, there's no. There's not many health studies on five G, if if at all. There's no standard. There's, there's no standard. Well, there's no standard, and then no studies. And my question would be: Have there been any studies on four G? or 3G in terms of its effect on public health. Right, and it seems like uh, the self-regulating nature of the telecommunications industry in the U.S. leads to a lot of uh, new technologies and experimentation that are approved based on FCC figures and, and talking points, and less so on the health organization's actual studies. Yeah, there, there, there just isn't, and we're, we're letting the people who have a vested interest and the outcome of the deployment of 5G tell us about whether it's good for us or not. Right. So, Bar, we have a second clip from that CBS this morning. Yep. Uh, go to the 222 mark, and this is a quick explanation of uh, what the 5G is doing and, and how is it different than the existing towers. She says 5G uses high-frequency waves that support faster speeds, but don't travel as far as current wireless frequencies. So instead of relying on large cell phone towers spread far apart, they need small cell sites that are much closer together. So th th therein lies the issue, and it's, a, it's an engineer. It's, so it's not just using the existing infrastructure per se, uh, because uh, of the power required. High, the higher the frequency, the, the, the less penetration it has. 
to solid objects. Now you can compensate with higher power, uh, but there's limits, right? And this is just mm-hmm. and you said there's health concerns around the higher power as well when you get I into think that realm. At the end of the day, it's the it's the the, the the power and and the time exposure, the combination of those two is what drives the impact of radiation on on biology. Right. So I'll, I'll ask a dumb question: um, How is this different than five gigahertz wireless signals for your Wi-Fi? I know that the the new routers that come out now they have the two point four, which is your typical right, Wi-Fi connection, and then you have the more powerful but also shorter range. Same uh, analogy there. 5 gigahertz signal for the wireless fidelity. Is that I'm assuming that's not what we're talking about here and it's not as powerful and therefore less dangerous. Um, what is the do you guys know what what is the difference? So I think so f- the 5 so the so 5G um in terms of your Wi-Fi, the 5 gigahertz right. spec uh, radio band that the signal operates on at home is different from the five generation cellular technology mm-hmm. that we're talking about, which operates right. actually on a higher frequency. So I think if you if you wanted to do apples for apples, I actually think that the five generation cellular technology is operating at 30 gigahertz. Oh, really? Yeah. Versus five gigahertz, which is what your Wi-Fi at home operates. So it's a higher frequency. I think there's going to be a branding concern in terms of what the public's perception of what this is, because everyone's getting used to seeing the, you know, SSID, yeah. 5G. Exactly. They're like, oh, this is much faster. Oh, we can have this everywhere. I'm for that, and not really understanding what this means. Correct. So yeah. The the four. So there's the Bart has the stuff up on the screen. That the 4G is using 600 megahertz to six gigahertz, and 5G will use some of that, but it also goes up to the millimeter wave, which is a 24 to 86. Now it's interesting when you hit ninety. I think there's a military. There's a military weapon for crowd control at ninety gigahertz, where they shoot a, a beam of electromagnetic radiation into a crowd, and when it hits your skin at the power that they shoot it at you, it feels like your skin's on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so a military. There's a military weapon. I think it's just north of this spectrum where they've weaponized that frequency. So the the real issue is it it, it gets to the notion of we're constantly bathed in radiation. The issue has to do with time exposure and power. And because 5G is moving to a new frequency with a much higher power, I think it just requires a new conversation. Mm-hmm. And is is this good? And and I think too often we're relying on the people who have a vested interest in the economic outcome of deploying these things, uh, and they don't right. necessarily care about the health health risks. Yeah, just if people want to go look at it, it's the... Uh Active denial system. It's right on the Department of What's Defense. What's the frequency on the active denial? I'm just so curious when you read through that. I think it's, uh, when I read it, it was about 90 there, gigahertz. There needs to be better analogies for this stuff because people won't really know 95. what this means in terms of exposure, yeah. magnitude of exposure, and what that means. So I remember when the whole Fukushima disaster happened, mm-hmm. uh, there was issues around um, uh, fish, what was being fished from the Pacific Ocean and then that getting to the food supply for Americans and people freaking out because they're seeing different isotopes in their food and there's trace amounts. And then a study came out later on saying, yeah, that that's bad, of course, but it's worse than zero. But if you fly in an airplane once in a year, you're getting more radiation mm-hmm. during that Taking one flight than eating all of that fish that you had previously gotten from 
uh, Pacific Ocean. So yeah. yes, it's bad, but on on what scale? Yeah, right. So are, they're are you so meeting the, that standard in all aspects of your and life? And then you compound that with the money behind all these studies, and mm-hmm. you know, obviously the telcos want this. So it's it's it, yeah. I think it's very it's a yeah. battle, and the collateral damage is the public in terms of understanding the, this. The, right. the the study that says that smoking is good for you was funded. By yeah, the exa- yeah, industry. right. Yeah. So <laughs> these studies, you, if you don't know who they're who's paying for them. Uh, you don't you, you don't know if you can rely on them or not. So do you, here's a question: Do you think we did and and it may initially seem unlinked, but I think it's linked. I want to know what you guys think. So we did a podcast episode on Fire Festival and what can happen when you give the chief marketing officer the decision rights, right? Right. You don't and, have the proper segregation of duties in your correct. organization, and everything falls flat when you try and put this into practice. Do you think it's something similar is happening here, where the chief marketing officer effectively is ha- is driving the ship? No, nah, to me, it's uh, you know the, the regulators, and at least in our country, feel compromised to me, mm-hmm. and and whether it be the pharmaceutical industry where the FDA is a rotating door for pharmaceutical mm-hmm. executives, mm-hmm. or in this space where we're letting the FCC. That's largely controlled by the industry that regulates. Talk about whether this is good for us from a health perspective, mm-hmm. and you know you have this cesspool of lobbyists who are pushing for parochial interests versus what's good for the the, the society as a whole. Mm. And Bart, you had a, an audio clip. Let's jump yep. around a little bit. Let's Some play of the, the health audio. concerns. Yeah, it's just a it's a good analogy for people to think of because a couple things people know that if they go get too many X-rays, it's not good for you. They also put sunscreen on when they go out in the sun. So they know that at some level, some radiation is a part of life, and a little bit's okay, but too much is not okay. Mm-hmm. So let's play this quick clip. Yep. And that's okay, because I get it every two seconds. It's just a little bit of drop. No, what you really care about is how much are you actually giving me? How much, if I just had the drop in a beaker, does that beaker get full? Is that like a full glass of toxin? Or, or am I getting just a smidge? Which is it? Well, you only know if you consider the time element, okay? Think about the sun. You walk outside naked in the sun. You're out there for half an hour, midday. You come back in. You got a little color. Mm -hmm. All right. Now let's talk about staking you in your backyard naked for five days. Mm -hmm. Now you have a very different experience. So, again, that clip makes it very clear what, um, you know, just thinking about, we already know intuitively that too much radiation in the wrong format is... Uh, not good for us, right? And you know the notion of of power and time tied to certain frequencies. So the different frequencies will have different characteristics in terms of how it works, but then behind it, in terms of its efficacy, will be power and exposure. Exposure is a time measure. Power is a is how much is behind that wave, right? And I think it's illustrating that that time element is left out of a lot of the figures that are used to justify the approval of, say, something like five G being right. rolled out. So it's interesting to see when we compare regulatory bodies, we look at the European regulatory bodies mm-hmm. compared to the regulatory bodies here, and you can get a sense of how one body might be compromised relative to, to another body in terms of the different things that they look at. So if we say, so when you go into the airport in the U.S., they have these millimeter wave scanners that use, again, similar frequencies to, to the 5G, and they they do a surface scan on your body. You've all seen the surface scans of the of where you have to raise your hands like yeah. you're a criminal, and they just do a quick <laughs> zip around, and you get a low dose of this stuff. It won't penetrate 
uh, body cavities. It just gives, it's a surface scan. It goes through clothes, but not your skin. Uh, now, I think that's banned in Europe. Like you can't do these things. And what's interesting, the person who was pushing for those to be sold to the TSA, uh, the lobbyist group was Michael Chertoff, who was the first TSA uh, commissioner under Bush. So you see the corruption levels mm. and the economic interest of the insiders trying to go sell this. Same with GMO. GMO foods, regulated by the FDA to large extent. You know, by industry, Monsanto has a lot of power here. But, you know, GMO foods are hard to sell in Europe, right? So you start to see this. So it's important for people just to be open to the possibility that the, the people we're supposed to be protecting us might not be. Yeah. There's a great um, – McKinsey did, recently did a study in February of uh, this year looking at um, the hype behind 5G. And I think the bad intent comes through in that survey. Uh, they surveyed 46 CTOs of telco companies that were directly involved in 5G development plans. Um, and they asked them the question of basically, why are you doing it? And half, over, I think over half of those CTOs said it wasn't, it wasn't because we want to connect more devices, we don't want to make the experience better, we want to gain, regain, or cement network leadership. And I think that's that sums it up perfectly in terms of the interests that are behind this. It's not they're not doing it because it's a good thing to do. They're doing it because it's a good thing for them to not do. Not even for the capability, right? It's not yeah. even the main top reason, which is crazy. Yeah. And, well, on that list, uh, you know, improving the the, the overall health concerns. Uh, so it's it to me. It's a you know. I have a mixed feeling about it. I mean, I, I get, I want to see the continued progression of technologies mm -hmm. in society, but uh, but not at the expense of public health. Right. And I, I don't feel like I can even get a straight answer. If you just do some Google searches yourself, you'll find all kinds of stuff. Yeah. It almost seems like there's a catch-22 to get the right studies in place because you need a large sample size and a large amount of time, to your point, to see the effects 5G will have in a large population. Right. So it's like, right. how can you have that before you roll it out? And then if you roll it out, it's too late. And yeah. then do you need to do it for 10 years for you to even find those effects? Because I would guess that it's a long-term effect. I can't imagine they're going to turn on these poles and people are going to start dropping dead. Yeah, I, I, and there's a lot yeah. of Silicon Valley executives that don't allow their children to engage with the social media platforms. Yeah. And I imagine a lot of these telco executives aren't going to want this on their front oh, If lawn. it comes out that the CEO of Verizon <laughs> like, won't allow it on like, his street, that's, yeah. that's going to be that good. should be yeah. a regulation. If your company wants to roll this yeah. out, like you know, thirty percent of these have to be relatively close yeah. to your employees right. or something. Right. And I, I think, yeah, I think it's worth asking the question as well: Can four G? Have we reached full potential in four G? And can no right? Just based on our ranking versus other countries, we were looking at that graph, right? Yeah. What is it? Well, we're sixty second in the world for four G speeds. Which is I mean, great. a lot of countries in South America and other parts of the world, you wouldn't it, it think just, have It just goes speeds. back to what, what problem are we solving? Exactly. I, I, the, to the capacity issue, I think we were probably underestimating. I think we will fill the capacity with new services, new digital services and products and data flows if it's there. I think you know when we were running on DSL for, you, yep. you referenced before, you made, over a decade ago, um, we were doing fine. We were living our lives. You know, we were the economy was great. We we're still a leading nation. As soon as there's a new capability, new capacity, new bandwidth, we fill that up, and immediately we're restricted again. So maybe if we're not restricted now, yeah. we will be soon. I mean, these phones, these iPhones, the battery gets better yeah. all the time. The performance gets better, and then eventually, uh, I mean, you, you argue battery deterioration, but 
we if, if we see capacity in terms of battery power or for performance, we will fill it up to yeah. its max, and then all of a sudden it's not good yeah, enough I, anymore. I, I agree, TJ. I just think that we the people at the front edge of the curve have the responsibility mm-hmm. to articulate the problem statement and why we need it. I can tell you that, for example, I've unplugged TV for the most part. I stream just about everything. Mm-hmm. So I watch pay TV. I don't watch live TV. So I don't use a classical system. So I'm requiring high bandwidth internet to watch in 4G. So that's 25. But I'm only watching one screen at a time. So that's one person. But you have, say you have a five-person household to get the extreme. If everybody's watching 4K in their individual rooms, which is a different issue, right, that you're doing that, you're still only in the hundreds. And then you throw on email and security systems, you're up to 200. You're not at a gig speed. So I can't even articulate why you would need a gigabyte at the house or at a location. Now, I can say that if you're at a concert or at a sporting event where you have thousands of people in a single node that you need a lot of stuff. But there's there are... Uh, there are local temporal solutions that you can put in place for that to go do that. Now, maybe you put a maybe five G is a a thing you put at giant stadium uh, or one of these large sporting venues, but you don't put it in every neighborhood. I, I think the innovations come after. I think with without the without the technical possibility, it's a waste of time to start ideating products that would have to rely on this kind of capacity. Yeah. So ma- imagine yeah. OLED walls, you know, all this technology around like we're going to have every surface in a dwelling or a, a public space be something that's software definable, screens, yeah, streaming yeah. 4K. Yeah. It's not feasible today because first because it costs, but mm-hmm. second of all, we're going to be streaming 4K on every surface. Everything's definable. We can transfer data anywhere. And it kind of seems like sci-fi. But again, I feel like those crazy ideas come after yeah. in a way. Yeah. It's foundational. To yeah. innovation such as that, standing up these new. I see. I can I'm also I, a paid shell, so I can <laughs> see that future where you have uh, surface services that are software defined and they are 4K streamed or some this high version right. of that, and that would require a shit ton of bandwidth right. that we don't have today. But I also know how far away that is. That's not in 2020. It's not in 2021 or 2022. The capital investments that's being rolled out for 5G is a single-digit capital lifespan, mm-hmm. meaning that it's a three- to five- to seven-year investment. Now, they're going to say, well, we can make some of this stuff last 15 years or maybe. We'll see. This stuff will have to be replaced when th- those OLED services are everywhere in our Is house. that the lifespan? I didn't know that. So it's, it's single-digit years, and then they did redo this again? Uh, that's my assertion. Oh, okay. You mean the gen- – oh, okay. Because, yeah. because, that's crazy. Because yeah. this stuff is evolving so rapidly – you're not deploying 15 and 20 year capital in this space. When you look at 3G to 4G to where we are now, even 2G, 3G, 4G, I think it's decades. Each one of them pretty much is on 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 a 10 year cycle. But well, what that, I'm saying is that you, but that brings up but a bigger issue. They're doing capital refreshes yeah. within the generation of the technology. But that, that brings up a bigger issue of capital refreshes in general that are the foundation of digital technologies. Well, it's also Especially the heart, at the heart of the economy. If it's more granular, so they're saying we need to have more towers because the range is smaller. I mean, maintaining and updating fewer long-range towers is a lot easier to do and less uh, expensive than maintaining many more thousands, 10x, 100x. Yeah. And we're going to need something like that in the future. I mean, maybe if it's too soon, maybe or 50 years from now, 
if if the if the hardware is making the hardware from two years ago obsolete, just the, the cost of doing that every couple yeah, of years, it's, it's just not feasible. Yeah. So how do you do that in a in a case where everything's obsolete immediately? Yeah. So, so I I don't think this is a binary um, argument that it's it's we should do five G or not do five G. I just think the issue becomes for me that we 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 have to introduce and have to be cognizant of the health concerns and yes. not allow the people with a conflict of interest yep. to tell us about it. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. Absolutely. And how do we yep. ensure that our regulators are not corrupted where they're influenced by, well, the tobacco industry said by this study that cigarettes are good for you. Mm -hmm. Now, we, eventually we got past that as a society, but there was a point in time where that stuff was going on, and it goes on today. Absolutely. You know, the the, the food industry, uh, uh, the, the drug industry. So think about this. We, we know one of the top advertisers on network television is uh, the pharmaceutical industry. Yeah. So you're not going to see any of those networks say anything bad about Merck. The it's opioid not gonna, epidemic. It's not going to happen. Now, There's an interesting there, paradigm between the UK as well. We talked, touched on it earlier. Yeah. So, but, you don't see that in the UK. It's only legal in two countries in the world. Australia and the U.S. are the only ones who can advertise for, for drugs the way we do. Yeah, it's it's so, and and that, that, that becomes a source of people's information, and it's, it's basically just propaganda from the people who want you to do what they want to do. Yeah. So I'm not saying that it's all bad. These things might be great, and 5G may have some fantastic benefits from it. Yeah. But I I, I just think that. The purpose of this podcast is to open up the the notion that we should start thinking about some of the health concerns and having a balanced approach to the adoption of these technologies. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's it's capitalism run amok. I mean, it, you're not going to stop this. Yeah. I think I already if, have five G. These people are scared of being disrupted. <laughs> Bart has five G. <laughs> Bart wants. I don't to know how it happened. Right, just, I think if it is if it is this much of a differentiator, if they're not bullshitting. I think they they have a fear of becoming completely disrupted, and and so if Verizon does this and AT and T doesn't, and China, they could be blown off the map. Oh, yeah. and if the right. and if you don't do this, the invent you will lose your job if you're working for the huge company. corporate prisoners dilemma. You right. have to do it. So yeah. uh, there's a so extreme anxiety. I, yeah. We we can they're going to do this. Yeah, they have to. For sure. So this is going to happen. We're, right. But the issue is, I think people are going to start. We just be a little aware of that what's going on around you. Yep. Now, do you think that as a result of these things that people are going to start to look for uh, uh, digital free or radiation free zones? Now, and, I, and the reason I say that is because uh, I thought it was interesting. All of us, we were in um, the John Muir Woods a couple of weeks ago when we visited the Silicon Valley in, in uh, San Francisco. We We went up to the the John Muir Forest, the national monument there, and there's no, there was no cell phone service there, and there's a little, there was a little bit of anxiety on my part, and I'm sure maybe you guys had some level where we we're completely disconnected from Uber. I think that was the anxiety. Well, well we couldn't get a ride. We lucked, <laughs> we totally lucked out getting yeah, out of there. Analog cab. Mine was the opposite. I felt actually, you liked it. I, I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. But I knew that I was going back to it. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> but I, for that period of time, I was like, oh, "This is going to be awesome. No distractions." So, t to me, I, I I think you know maybe this is a, a, certainly something for a future discussion. But designing the home to be 
uh, free of the radiation by using by wiring your home, having yeah. everything wired, where you can do that, and 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 try to not at least get some of your time where you spend a lot of time at home and not be just bathed in this stuff because we know that we know that exposure and power are the two components to driving the health concerns. Right. Well, so, the whole issue is even if your home is wired, you're still going to be exposed to it on the block. Yeah, you're not not exposed to it. Right. Then the last thing is, do you guys sleep with your phones? Right yeah. on my face. It couldn't be closer to me at all. I times. actually duct tape mine <laughs> as close to my heart as possible. If I could put it in my brain, I would yeah. do it. Yeah. I'm, I'm too paranoid. Yeah, Last night I actually sense. slept uh, with my phone, and yeah. my iPad was next to me yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> Whole Apple family. So, uh, again, this, we're a little off the beaten path here, but a little, uh, you know, the notion of. Take having your bedroom just leave the stuff in a different room. Now, no I way. use it as an alarm <laughs> yeah. clock. How dare you? I need to like wake up in the middle of the night, reach over and do a Google search on aliens and stuff like that. <laughs> but I'm but so, but at least keep it as far away from me as you possibly can, and up to and including trying a few nights, maybe on the weekend, where it's in a different room. Yeah, I think the benefit there is not just potential health concerns with proximity to the technology, but just in terms of better sleep. If you yeah. only associate your room with sleeping and no other activity, you'll sleep better. My iPad watches I don't me take sleep. my own advice here no. at all. <laughs> I never will. My snoring app measures my uh, sleep sound. So anyway, this is a good topic. We could talk about this for a long time. I'm sure we'll come back to this. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, we should revisit this later this year. Yeah, we should. Well, I, yeah, my definitely. encouragement just to people who listen to this and watch this episode is just be a little bit more take take control of what you think you know about this stuff and just pay attention to this stuff. The people who are right. giving you the information largely have a vested interest in it and just check the sources of your information. Yeah. Right? And be careful shopping for new phones that say they're 5G now cuz they're not. Yeah. I don't th I don't think it's out yet. They they're they're pushing them saying, you know, 5G with one other vocabulary word after it. But a, lot of, a lot of them are 5G on the 4G network. Yeah, the true 5G phones are 2021, maybe 2020 at the, yeah. at the closest. So, mm -hmm. all right, great. Any other parting comments? Great. All right, thanks, everybody. Thanks. Hey, thanks for listening to the show today. Pardon the disruption. If you enjoyed our discussion, I'd invite you to head over to our homepage at www.rumjog.com. You can go there and check out our perspectives page and hear more podcast episodes, read some articles. It's some pretty interesting stuff. You can get access also to our digital disruption series. This is a meetup that we do mostly in New York and New Jersey area where we discuss the impact of these technologies on our society and the way we live and work. We do this alongside of industry experts in various fields like crowdsourcing, automation, and blockchain. Uh, the, the, the technologies that are disrupting our world today. Anyway, if you like that, you can also follow us on social media uh, at Twitter on the handle at Rumjog. We look forward to hearing more from you. Thank you.